Welcome to another podcast by Victoria Point Baptist Church. We are glad you have joined us today. If you would like to connect with us as we aim to introduce people to Jesus by connecting with our local community and beyond, you can find out more at vpbc.com.au. Appreciate that. Uh, if Youth Connect uh, would like to move out, that's uh, grade 7 upwards. Uh, if you're 35, I'll look at you suspiciously, but I um, imagine you are allowed to go, but from grade 7 upwards, have a great time this morning, uh, you guys. Uh, today we uh, are starting to build a foundation, uh, enabling God to renew us and refresh us and that He would work in our hearts uh, to bring us to that place where we uh, come under His authority. And um, as we do that, we need to be mindful that this is a good thing. Uh, This is a a really good thing. It's a positive outcome as we come before God. It's not without its pain. Uh, It's not without, I suppose, its challenges. And if we are to be open to the Spirit's leading... Uh, we will at times be uncomfortable, but it is a good thing and it's something that we need to seek and chase after and desire uh, in that sense. Whenever we look to uh, looking at our lives and our standing before God and and where we sit or or how we relate, uh, I want to be sure that we see this not as a graceless thing. Um, This isn't about us trying harder to be better Christians. This isn't about beating ourselves up because we're not doing the right things often enough. This isn't about being defeated by our guilt or our weaknesses. But this is simply just uh, an opportunity for us to be honest before God, uh, to seek what He would have for us, to acknowledge our need for Him, and that His Spirit might work in our lives to bring about this transformation and this renewal. I don't want us to be legalistic. I don't want us to turn fundamental. I don't want us to be uh, to that point where there's no grace in this because what happens then is that our behavior bypasses our heart. In other words, we just do things because we feel that's the right thing to do or that's the duty. God doesn't want duty. He wants access to our heart. And so I have to be careful in framing this continually because as we talk about the challenges and responding to God... I don't want us to be thinking about, uh, in a sense, defeated by our weakness, but encouraged to seek out God in His strength so that we might enjoy all that He has for us. And so this is a good thing. It'll be challenging and awkward at times, but it will be a good thing, and I trust that your heart would seek after it. Uh, Sometimes when people uh, encourage me with a message, I respond by saying that it's a message to me first, always is. And then if there's something in it for you, well, I'm pleased. But it's always a message for me first. And so this message of renewal, uh, revival, this sense of coming before God and being open to what He wants is for me. And uh, I'm aware there's a couple of things here in my thinking. First of all, whatever you think of it, whatever you thought of it, uh, whatever you're thinking of it now, but COVID has in some way changed aspects of our church life over the last two years. 
And I think it's a really good opportunity for a, good, a new start. Why, why waste it? Why not turn it around to some good and see it as a new start? The other thing that I'm also aware of is that I had been here for a long time, <laughs> and uh, over 20 years. And so it's good for me. I want to finish well. <laughs> I want to finish well. Uh, and the time that I had before my retirement, which is still a number of years away, but I want to finish well. And um, I'm aware that sometimes it's really easy just to get a little apathetic, uh, a little slack, I suppose, or, or whatever. Now, I'm not beating myself up here, but I'm just simply sharing, this is a message for me first. Uh, and so I don't want you to feel overwhelmed by your weakness. This is about us journeying together, having a sense of what God's saying, and being open to it and encouraging each other and be excited about what God might have for us. And, and so for the next seven weeks, when we talk about our theme for the year, which is bringing dry bones back to life, uh, we're going to be building on seven weeks where we talk about prayer. We see that as the faith aspect of building a foundation to all that God wants to do. And this morning, we're going to look at a centurion soldier. And we're going to look at someone who is a Gentile, not a Jew. And I think from this story and the way that he responds and the things that Jesus said, we can be encouraged to see what God might have for us. So if you have your Bibles, and if you'd like to uh, turn to Matthew chapter 8, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion soldier came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed and in a terrible condition. One of the things that Jesus said that we'll agree with most is when he said, in this world, there'll be much trouble. Uh, I don't like talking about suffering. I don't like talking about the reality of pain and suffering, but it's something that we can understand together because we've journeyed through it at some point. We have all known what it is like to suffer. We've all known what it's like to go through a challenge and a difficulty. And here we find this centurion soldier in a difficult place. Someone that's important to him, someone that he cares for, uh, is in a bad situation and suffering badly. And even though he is a man of great authority, even though he is a man with power, he can do nothing about this. And so he makes the decision to go to Jesus. The centurion's world was shaken, and sometimes ours is likewise. Things happen, come across our path where our world is shaken, and we feel uncomfortable, we feel anxious, we feel concerned, and we're reminded very quickly that we have very little power in these things. And so we all know what it is like to have our world shaken. We all know what it's like when things don't go as we've planned and we find ourselves in this difficult situation where we need help. And so we're going to ask ourselves, what is it that we do when our world is shaken? When things happen that we don't like, we can't explain, we don't know what to do, what do we do? Well, we can choose to live in denial and say, well, if I try hard enough to order and plan my life, I can avoid suffering. And we all try and do that. We become good managers of our lives and we're into the detail and we make sure that everything's right because we're attempting to remove suffering. But that will never happen. Or we can choose to understand that we can go to the only one that can help us. And this soldier made a really wise choice. He went to Jesus for help. He understood that it was beyond him and 
it's not just that he went to Jesus for help, but it's this amazing humility that the centurion soldier shows. There's this deep humility that I think makes the difference. Jesus said to him, I shall come and heal him. And the soldier said, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. What an amazing statement of faith, but what amazing humility. Uh, Just say the word, don't come to my place, I'm not worthy, but just say the word and he'll be healed. Any renewal or revival will only come through brokenness. That's painful. That's sort of brokenness where there's a humility where we realize, I am not in control of my life. I cannot order my life. I cannot manage my life. I cannot micromanage my life. Uh, I am not in control. And revival or renewal is this sense of humility where we realize that we're broken before God. We don't stay there, but we realize that we're broken. And we don't want to be pounded and beaten up by the fact that we're broken before God, but we need to see our brokenness and our humility to the means by which God can bless us. There will be opportunities and there will be needs throughout this year where you and I will have to seek forgiveness. Now, not forgiven so that I stay in the family of God. If your faith is in Jesus, you'll always be a part of God's family. You don't have to seek forgiveness for that. But there are times when, because of our relationship with God and our thinking, that we need to come and confess, confess our brokenness, confess our sin. And so in this year, there will be opportunities as God leads, not as I tell you, or, or anyone else, but just as the Spirit leads, there'll be times when we need to confess, not to stay in God's family, but to receive His blessing. And so that brokenness, this humility, you see, we need to first admit that the bones are dry and lifeless before God can breathe life into them. God is not going to breathe life into dry bones unless we first are willing to admit that they are dry. There needs that sort of honesty and integrity to say, God, I need you to breathe life into me. I I grew up in an environment uh, at times, and certainly in the Christian church it was common. But almost every week people were encouraged to rededicate their life to God. And and I'm not a firm believer of that. All it does is reinforce this fact that we're broken. But there's balance. It is not about us trying harder to be more Christian. So we come out the front and say, God, I'm going to try harder. And then three weeks later, after you've had two terrible weeks, you dedicate yourself again and again. And the reason that pastors do it is because we have so much power. It's not very hard for me to make you feel guilty. It's not very hard for me to identify all the things that you and I fall short at. I can just list them one after another. I can keep going until I get you all in. And we'll all be at the front. What we don't want to do is say, I want to try harder. What we want to do is get to this place where we humbly go before God and say, I love you so much. I want you to breathe life into these dry bones. I want you to bring renewal and revival in me and in the church. And the centurion had this deep humility where he said, he had belief, but he had humility. No, don't come to my house. I don't deserve that. But if you say it, he will be healed. 
where did that come from? Well, we, as we read on, we see, he says, for I myself am a man under authority. I keep wanting to sing that kid's song that was drowned into me years ago every time I read this passage. But anyway, I'm a man under authority when soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When we establish a foundation by which God can bring renewal and revival, we establish it through prayer. And the key aspect of prayer and everything that flows from it is this, that Jesus has authority over all things at all times. And here's the challenge. Are we willing to come under that authority? Are we willing to trust Him? Are we willing to come to that place where we say, God, you are in charge? Whatever I think doesn't make any difference. I don't make Him Lord. (laughs) He is Lord. But the secret, the foundation to prayer is understanding that He has full authority over all things. Otherwise, prayer turns into us twisting God's arm, persuading Him, arguing with Him, telling what we think we should do and God consider this and that. And all we do in our prayer life is tell God what He needs to do. But when we understand that He has full authority over all things, then things change. And this is my confession this morning, and if you don't mind, I'll confess on behalf of you as well. But none of us have a default position where we always come under the authority of God. Now, it started in the garden, but we can't blame Adam and Eve, but it started when Adam and Eve wanted to be God, to be powerful. And that's the same life or that's the same challenge that still exists within us. We're, we're born again, but we have the ability to say no to God and yes to self. And so not one of us has within us this default position where we just come under God's authority all the time. We're always fighting it, persuading, like Jacob, uh, wrestling with God always saying, no, 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 not your authority, God, what I want. And hence that sometimes creeps into our prayer life where we're praying for what God can do for us rather than praying that we would accept and support what God wants to do. And I know this doesn't fit well within some modern Christian thinking, And I know, and I'm not doubting that God can do wonderful things and He blesses us and He often does. I'm not doubting that for a second. But what I'm saying is that the essence of prayer is built on this fact that we give God total authority over all things. In other words, God, whatever you want to do is okay with me. Now, I can easily say that, but even as I say the words and God keeps me accountable to those words, there's a huge struggle, a huge fight. But until we recognize that the bones are dry, until we recognize that there's no life in our spirit, until we're willing to acknowledge, God, I need to come under your total authority, God's not able to bring the renewal that He wants. And yet, this is what shapes our prayer life. This will determine it. Now, like you, I've been, had times when I've been disappointed with God. I've been disappointed that he hasn't answered a prayer, he hasn't changed something, where he hasn't sorted something out the way that I thought he should. I've been disappointed with God. But that disappointment has always come about because I've had a wrong understanding of God and prayer. 
I thought God was there for me to tell him what to do, how it should work, because I know. But when we come under authority of God, we're never disappointed in God. Now, he understands. There's a human thing going on here. Of course, there'll be times when we're disappointed. But not disappointed to the point where we doubt God or we get angry with God. There's those moments for all of us. But coming under the authority of God is what shapes our prayer life. We need to be reminded that when God said, let there be light, there was light. And we need to be reminded that when Jesus said to Lazarus, Lazarus, come out, Lazarus came out. And we need to rediscover that authority because it will be the foundation from which we pray and the foundation from which we pray will determine whether we are renewed and restored. But this is the question, not to beat ourselves up, not to be graceless, not to say overwhelmed by our weakness, but we've got to acknowledge that dry bones need breath of God. And if there's any arrogance or pride or if there's anything to say, I'm going okay, that's talking about someone else. But if we're genuinely willing to be humble and obedient and open before God and have this desire, God, bring life to my dry bones. There has to be that honesty. There has to be that understanding of authority. You and I need to understand that God shakes the world. So it's true at times that the world shakes us and we don't like it, (laughs) that's true. But we have to remember that the God that we worship is able to shake the world. And it's that authority and that humility that is the key to all these things. Because we believe that God has authority and power to shake the world that He desires. So our world sometimes is shaken, what do we do? We seek humbly and come before God and we cry for help. But this is the difference. Recognizing and acknowledging the authority of God, we come to God and say, God, I'm willing to come under your authority. I'm willing to accept your plan and your purposes. I may not understand them, I may not like them, but I'm willing to come under your authority. And do you know when we get to this point... There's only one response when we acknowledge His authority and humility. There's only one response that we can make. We pray for the power of God to be evidenced in our weakness. In other words, in our brokenness, in our humanness, in our selfishness. We're praying, God, that Your Spirit would be at work in our weakness. And that only happens if we're willing to acknowledge our weakness, acknowledge our shortfalling. But we understand that God is able to empower us. And so this morning, what God is looking for from you and for me is a big faith. Not how much faith, not a measure of, we can measure it how much faith we have, but that we have a big faith that takes in God's authority. Never feel or think or believe that it's the measure of your faith that brings about the results. Never be allowed to be deceived in thinking it's as much as you strive and how much faith you can gather will determine the results. It's never about how much faith you have. It's always about us having enough faith to say, God, I'm willing to come under your authority. Faith is never a measure of us. That's just ridiculous. It never comes back to us. What hocus pocus is that? 
if we get into this thing where we're trying and striving and saying, I need to have more faith, I need to have more faith. Rubbish. We just need to have a big faith that comes under the authority of God. Faith is a mustard seed, the Bible says, but under the authority of God. And that's the challenge. That's the challenge for me. That's the challenge for you. When Jesus heard this, he was astonished and he said to those following him, I tell you the truth, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So those from the east and the west are the Gentiles. They're going to be the ones that are blessed. The Jews... Uh, the Jewish people as a whole who think they're entitled are going to miss out. And, and that's the very first thing that we notice from this. This is not something that's outward. I'm not necessarily looking for a renewal that first touches the outward sense. So we don't suddenly pray louder or jump up and down when we pray or do somersaults in the aisle. I'm not necessarily looking. That can be a result of that. <laughs> But renewal is not about outward stuff, it's about inward stuff. The Jews were good at the outward stuff. They played the game, they looked the part, they said the right things. They looked religious and spiritual people, but Jesus said they're going to miss out. Actually, it's the Gentiles from the east and the west, because they will have a circumcision, not of their body, but a circumcision of their heart. So when we look to renewal and revival, we are not looking for outward signs, although they will come predominantly we start with the heart inward that's where God wants to do business our heart so we don't just suddenly put on outward signs that we're renewed and we're revived that would be fake but it has to start with the heart and that was the thing the Jews outwardly circumcised outwardly spiritual outwardly religious looking good the Gentiles circumcised of the heart no one else could see or know, but that's where the real business takes place. And so renewing is not necessarily about an outward response. But God wants to renew and revive our hearts. He wants to breathe life into our hearts. And this is it. This is simple. He simply wants you and I to love Him more. It all comes from that. Let's not complicate it. Let's not get arrogant about all the things that we know and all the theological insights that we have. Let's not sort of get caught up or distracted by the depths of things that we can explore and unearth. Because it's simply this, God wants you to love Him more. And from there, everything flows. Because that's the issue. Big faith is about me loving God enough to come under His authority to pray under His authority, to desire in my life, in the life of the church, that we would come under His authority. We don't want revival just so we don't have any problems in our life. We don't want to be renewed just so we don't have any suffering. That would be a very human thing. If I just get right with God, my life will be right and I won't have to suffer. No, the only reason that we want to be right with God is because we have a faith that says, God, I come under your authority whether I have suffering or not. Whether you hear my prayer 
and answer the way that I want or not. Whether you heal or you don't heal. Whether you change or restore or transform or you don't change, heal or restore. God, I have a big faith, not in me, but I have a big faith in you because I'm willing to come under your authority. You see, even in recent years, the church has turned around things like prayer and God's faithfulness to make it suit ourselves. We've preached a gospel that's become about ourselves and what God will do for us and why we want to have Him on side and all the blessings that He will bring. He blesses the socks off me and He abundantly, more than I can ask or imagine, is doing things in my life where I say, thank you God. But it's not about that. It's about a big enough faith to say, God, I'm willing to come under your authority. Whatever you do, whatever you say, whatever you want, I'll come under it. And that's when revival and renewal will start. That's when we get to that point. So all God wants is a recognition of authority. And can I say this, and I don't want to be like a reformed smoker, <laughs> who say, this is what I'm doing now. But probably as I shared with you some months ago, God just challenged me greatly about my prayer life. And, and this is where it starts. If we are not praying... Come on, if we're not praying, we are not recognizing God's authority at all. We are simply going through with our own strength and our own ideas, and when we need help, we might say, God, help me. So prayer is the key. If, you, if we are to consider how we measure, am I under the authority of God? Look at your prayer life. And, and I'm not talking about you've got to lock yourself in a cupboard for an hour, find whatever works for you. <laughs> But jolly well, just engage God every day, openly and honestly, and seek His Spirit and His leading every day, every moment. Ask Him what He wants you to do. Come under His authority. Ride the bike on the way to work. Lock yourself in the cupboard, in the doghouse, wherever you need to go. But if we're not praying, we are not acknowledging His authority. You can turn it around whatever way you want. But unless we're genuinely praying, we're ignoring God's authority. So we don't pray to say, I ticked the box, I've done it today, yay. I've done all my spiritual disciplines, now I'm free. We pray because we understand that God's authority is what we come under in obedience, graciousness and servanthood. And so when this centurion soldier says, God, I'm willing to come under your authority... I know what that's like. I tell people to do things and they do it. And I come under your authority. That's the key to renewal and that's the key to our prayer life. So how does this play out for us? How does this look? Have you ever noticed what an amazing thing that Jesus said? Verse 7. Jesus said to him, I will go and heal him. <laughs> now, I've never really thought about this where Jesus says, oh, I'll turn up at your place. Show me the way, I'll come over and I'll fix it, heal him. Now, what you and I get hooked into is this, Jesus healed him and everything's sweet, it's all good, it's a happy ending. But what we need to look at is that God's willing to turn up at your place and heal you. may not be physically, but God's willing to come to your place and heal you. He's willing to come to my place and heal me. He's willing to come into this church and to heal us and renew us and restore us. Not to be legalists, not to be traditionalists, 
not to turn it into legalism and keeping the rules, but just people that love God heaps and are willing to come under His authority and pray every day, God, lead me, guide me, direct me, empower me, restore me. And see, this is a challenge. This is what, this is what I don't like, in a sense. Jesus says, I'm willing to come. So you know what happens then? All the responsibility is on us. Jesus says, I'm willing to renew, I'm willing to hear, I'm willing to restore, I'm willing to renew and bring revival. I am willing, I want to come. So it all comes back to us. Do we want Him to come? Do we want Him to heal? Do we want Him to transform? Do we want Him to renew us and restore us? Then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways... I'll hear from heaven, I'll forgive their sins and I'll restore their land. Can I invite you to pray that you would ask God to shake you? Can I invite you to join with me and ask that, well, He shakes us, but that's how He shakes the church. He can't shake the church without shaking you because you are the church. So it's not a matter of saying, oh, us and them. Yeah, give that VPBC a rev up, God. Mob of slackos, wear it, <laughs> that's us. So the prayer starts, God, come to my place and heal me and in healing me and restoring and reviving me, you'll restore and revive the church. How good is that? So would you join with me? Would you come under God's authority? Would there be a willingness to say, God, I'm willing to come under your authority? Completely. Now, there's some really good news here. <laughs> Normally, if it's just authority, authority can be abused. Authority on its own is scary. But this is God who is totally and completely in authority, but a God who is full of compassion, love, mercy and grace. And that's why we can have a humility to come. I don't want to come under authority if there's no love or compassion or grace. We've seen that all over the world throughout history, what dictators have done when they've had authority but no love. But this is a God who we can trust because He's on our side and He loves us. So would you be willing to say, God, shake me? Honest, open, just shake me. And would you be willing to take up the challenge in whatever way that you can, whatever circumstances, but would you ask God every day through prayer, God, lead me, guide me, help me to come under your authority. A brokenness that says it's not about me, but it's about me coming under you. Then Jesus said to the centurion, go, it will be done just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed at that very hour. For me, for me personally, I'm not praying initially that God would renew me or bring revival to me. My prayer starts with God, give me the hunger for that renewal. Give me that desperate hunger where I want to be renewed. It's no good me just starting and say, God, renew my life. God has to do a lot of work in my heart before then. So my prayer personally is, God, give me a hunger for renewal. Help me to want it. Help me to hunger for it. Help me to seek after it. Because sometimes we can be like the Jewish people and we feel like we're entitled Entitled to have a meeting with God, entitled to tell Him what we want, to do this, to do that, entitled to have our own choices, entitled to choose our own way. 
but we are not entitled as children of God we come under the authority of God and I know that's a huge challenge for me as I'm sure it is for you a huge challenge because we're fighting with him all the time fighting with that all the time my way not his but I trust this morning not because we have to not because we feel the weight of guilt or burden but simply because we want to love God more that we would pray this morning God shake my world shake me to the point where I come to that place where I'm willing and open to come totally under your authority. Let's pray. Would you join with me and make a response this morning? All God's interested in is our attitude of our heart. Not what we've done, but just a willingness to say, God, would you create that hunger within me? Would you create that desire? I don't want to turn into a legalist. I don't want to be a rules person. I don't want to turn into someone where the outside doesn't match the inside. But I want you to do business with my heart. And it's just simple. It's not complicated. It's not complex. God, I want to love you more. And to love you more, I need to come under completely and totally the authority of God. And that and that alone dictates how I pray. My desire to pray and how I pray, coming under your authority. Would you make your response this morning? Would you stand?